Where are you, Christmas? Hey guys, uh, welcome to Movie Speed. There it like, is. <laughs> I don't actually think that's the start of it. I just wanted to test the recording. Update, we decided to use it. Because, because we, it's amazing. We listened to it. It made us both giggle tears of Christmas joy. And Christmas is almost here, Ryan. Where are you, Christmas? We'll talk about that next time, though. Because oh. next week's Christmas week. No, we could. You realize we record these at the same time. This Ryan, be the Christmas. Chron- we have to record them chronologically. No, we don't. Because then we'll reference back to something, maybe, and then it'll all just fall apart. We can reference the future. We could reference the future. Uh, Christmas is coming. Are you excited for Christmas? I'm excited. Ryan? Christmas is coming. Do you, are you a Christmas person? I'm a Chris. I'm a holiday person. Yeah. I think I'm just a days person. I think I like most days. I like days. I like themes. I like being awake. I like. I like like getting to dress up for things, mm-hmm. and Christmas is nice because I have several ugly Christmas sweaters that I like to wear around. I do too. Yeah, I have one that's like a Mortal Kombat themed sweater with Santa beating the absolute living crap out of this little elf. He's at like zero health and flying through the wall, <laughs> and also Santa's just jacked. He's just jacked. He's a jacked Santa. Well, that's exciting. So Christmas is almost here, but you wanna you wanna do the show though. This time, this the, record the podcast for this week, this one. We should we do it. We probably need to start again now. No, we never. We we commit. We commit to the bit. We just keep rolling, that baby. Wasn't a bit. That was just a pointless. We just keep on rolling, and we've learned Ryan, to stop doing what the movies. What movies did you used to like? Well, I thought we were doing the Christmas episode. No, first, fuck that. Now I'm fuck very- that. Christmas is canceled until next week when I bring it back from the dead. <laughs> We're talking Welcome about... Welcome to Movies We Used to Like, a, a sh- podcast where we talk about movies... That we used to like. How? how let's do I'm this. I'm Ryan. I'm Taylor. And if you want to, like, email us, email us at moviesweustolike at gmail.com. You can do that. Um, if you want to, like, high-five us, great. Fly find in. Us. Find us. Yeah. Um, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, even if you don't mean it. Follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on iTunes. You can subscribe. also follow us on Instagram. We follow post us on Instagram. fun pics. There's some polls sometimes. Like us on Facebook. Um, That's it. I have a bone to pick with Taylor about our, our social media marketing because yeah, yeah. he chooses... Yes. Consistently yeah. disgusting pictures of me. Yes. Meanwhile, compares himself to beautiful men. Beautiful men named Billy Zane. It's fine. It's fine. I've I've accepted it. It was like an eighty-five percent yes. But you, you that, that was never a bad thing. It's like I oh no, I look it. handsome. And I don't think he's. Slimy. I don't think he's. He's just a he's oh, just a C-list guy. If he just winked at me the right way, I'd be. Ooh. If he winked, winked at me the wrong way. Woof, woof. Woof. Okay, so... Uh, so we haven't even said what we're talking about Today week, we're talking right? about Mary Poppins and Thor Ragnarok. Because... Mary That's Poppins what we chose. Because Mary Poppins comes out next week. There's a new. There's a sequel. That was why he chose that one. That's why one. I chose it. I chose Thor Ragnarok because I was like, what movie do I want to watch again? Thor Great. Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, there is a new Mary Poppins coming out. It's, it's called Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins Rises. It's called Mary Poppins Again, but this time Mary it's Emily Poppins Blunt. Mary Poppins Again, but Mary, Emily Blunt. Uh, it's a sequel? To Mary Poppins. To Mary Poppins. And so we're watching the first folks. one, which came out in 1964. And got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and made $102.5 million at the box office. That's a lot for 1964. 
And stars Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews, which is relevant because they're both incredible in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm willing to bet that they're both in Mary Poppins, Super the new Cal- one. Fragilistic I know he is. Just gonna do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah. okay. So how did okay? So 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 okay. okay. <laughs> All right. You know. Okay. So okay. Here we go. Oh, okay. You okay. give me so much. Crap. Okay. And you're always like I'm the mean one. Anyway, this this movie. Okay. It's it's a classic. It's, great. it's, it's a great a movie, Ryan. It's great. It so so how did you feel? How did you used to feel about Mary Poppins, Ryan? I used to not like it that Ryan much because I was a child and I would rather watch Aladdin. Okay, that's fair. Um, I I love this movie. I've always loved this movie. Uh, but the real question is, I think everyone can agree that at one point in their life they love this movie. The real question is, does it hold up after all these years when you try to push the nostalgia aside? I'm going to say yes. I'm also going to say yes. In fact, I'm going to say I think it's better than I remember it being. Although there's a weird dark undercurrent in it that yeah, I noticed some weird this shit. time. There's some weird that shit That I was in there. like, we need to talk about this because uh, I can't be the only one who noticed this. The, no, noticed this. What, what do you think works about Mary Poppins and doesn't work about Mary Again, Poppins? Again, Julie Andrews, Dick Van Dyke massively they're great the, the chemistry is insane of course they're and wonderful the penguin dance oh a delight. yeah that's my best moment in the movie it's the penguin tap dance oh it's so cute that's great yeah oh. uh why 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 do we think this movie is such a, a phenomenon in terms of like persevering through the years I think it's the music. I just think there are so many scenes that taken out of context still work. It's very heartfelt. And like, so everyone has like a favorite scene in this movie, whether you mean to or not. It's very sincere. It's very genuine. It's very sincere. Um, In terms of when it came out, it was revolutionary. Absolutely. Um, And it's If you think Roger Rabbit was the first feature length film to mix animation with live actors, you're wrong. Uh, Because this, this shit was going on back in 1964, Mary Poppins. That was huge. And, uh, the only reason they did that is because they realized they couldn't train penguins to dance. Oh, real penguins! That's really that's cool. a real thing. That's a really neat. I also have a thing about this movie that I brought today. That's a fun little. Oh, fun facts tidbit. with Ryan. Um, so my tidbit for today is Dick Van Dyke had to convince the directors to allow him to play that old banker man. Like okay. the bank, they weren't going to let him play him. So he ended up paying them money to be able to play it. They didn't pay him for that scene. Okay. So he gave away <laughs> some of his paycheck specifically to be able to do the banking song. All right, that's cool for your craft, man. That's, that works. I like that he did it. I'm excited that he's in the new one because I want to see if that man can still dance at the age of 90. You know, okay, Dick Van Dyke is a weirdly, like, present member of the Malibu community, so I hear of him all of the time. Of course. And his son is, like, Artist Van Dyke. That's not his name, but he's just an artist. And so you always see, like, Van Dyke photography gotcha. and paintings Makes sense. up around and just like it's a weird tangential connection that I can never talk about, except for when people happen to bring up Mary. There Poppins. you go. You found so, your you found your way to talk about it, right? There we go. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it just it's the performances of the two of them. It's the creativity. The music obviously is is become you know all of it's become household. Um, but there's just something there, you know. There's a little bit of magic that just keeps you coming back and liking this movie. I think it's just, I think it's Mary's like a little bit more mischievous than you think she is. Yeah. When when I remembered this movie, I remembered her being very prim and proper, but she's like, she's got some sass. There's a reason that she gets along with Bert. Yeah. And like when I watched the Mary Poppins, this time it's Emily Blunt trailer, I was like, was she that sassy in the original? And then I watched it and I was like, yeah, she was. She was 100%. And also like rewatching this, she's fucking perfect for that role. Oh, she's so good. She's going to be amazing. It's going to be so fun. And then also like. For some reason, 
I just had forgotten like how funny it was. Yeah, it is like, very funny. It's a very clever little movie. Mm-hmm. Like several lines. There's one where she says, she says, but that's just backwards. That's terribly precocious. You never say it that way. That's absurd. And then keeps singing the song for Supercalifragilistic, and it made me just... That was perfect. I grinned. I just realized we never really talked about the plot, um, just oh, for shoot. the three people who have never seen Mary Poppins. But, a nanny uh, arrives, a magic nanny arrives, and <laughs> takes care of some two unwieldy there's a, children. There's a, there's a dad who's a dick. and Teaches uh, their dad to love them. There's a dad who's a dick, and his kids, all the nannies don't want to watch the kids because they're not so great kids. And then uh, they they write a letter with what they wish their perfect nanny would be, and the dad rips it up, and then they, the pieces of paper float into the sky, and a magic nanny comes down and and makes I, everything I feel that okay. My plot summary also worked. Yeah, but I I wanted to include the magic pieces of paper that float up into the sky. Okay, that's fair. Also, there's a chimney sweep. His name is Bert. I love Bert. him, and he's just kind of there, but he's friends with. He's, he's amazing. He's, he's friends. Dare with I Mary. say the best part of the movie? Pretty consistently, it's yeah. him and Mary. Yeah, the best moments of the movie are, are, are the two of them, obviously. Um... What's your, what's your favorite song in Mary Poppins? Oh, yeah. I'm not a big musical guy, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, I know that. But I still enjoy this movie, and I think it's just the, like, sincerity of the musical numbers. Uh, yeah. But I like the... I Like I said, the Penguin Dance, but I penguin actually dance? think Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious might be my favorite I one. like Let's Go Fly a Kite, because it makes me want to cry. Because it's like, Dad came around... Oh, and he loves his kids now. now. Do you think? Okay, so like we talk, we can praise this movie all day long, but there, are, you know, obviously not every movie is perfect. What do you think doesn't work about this movie? Because for me, one of the big things is I don't think that dad. I don't think the redemption of the dad works. I agree. I think it's too fast. I think he's too much of a jerk yeah, ahead he's of time. Too much of a dick Honestly, in the beginning. I was kind of like, if this was a horror movie. The order of people that would die. I know this is a weird thing to do. Of course. The order of people that would die would be... The dad would be third to last because he's the evil one. Mm -hmm. The mom would die pretty quick because she's flighty. Yeah. One of the kids would die. Yeah, one of them would live. One of them would live. I'm going to say probably... The girl would die because she's older. We're assuming that Mary is the killer. Yeah, absolutely. Mary makes it to the end. Yeah. I think Bert dies second to last. Okay. I think that little boy is the final girl. I think this is the plot of the new one. We just don't know yet. Hollywood pitches. She comes back. She comes back to finish off the, the kids that she yep. ever got a chance to kill. Uh, yeah, but the big thing with this movie, I think, for me, in terms of like negatives, is just I don't. The redemption of the dad is because they really set him up as a dick in the beginning. Like, even before you see him, when the nanny's trying to quit, mm-hmm. and all the maids are coming in, and the wife's like, you "Need to fucking clean up this house right now," because. You know what Mr. Banks will do to you. He'll also beat whenever you he with makes her sit down in the corner, like yeah. his wife. I was just like, this man is disgusting. And I then, get that it was a different time, but like, and then the last fifteen minutes, it's like, nah, he's cool. Let's go fly a kite. <laughs> but I down. do love that song. Love that yeah. song to shit. It's a nice. It's a beautiful it's a nice little idea. song. It's a good sentiment, but like, give him two weeks. You yeah. didn't break a habit. They didn't develop that that arc enough because there really isn't a huge arc in this. It's just sort of a bunch of. Kids hanging snippets out. of like married adventures. Yeah, which that's, is fine. Which it's I cool. actually that's that's the thing that bothers me. I feel like there's not much of a plot, but whatever, whatever. Y- you know, you know that, here's yeah. my problem with this movie. Tell this me time. what your it's problem is. Weird and specific, weird but it's specific. very. You know how sometimes I get very much. I'm going to analyze yep, the themes yep, of the movie. Yep, yep, I know that. So there's I a real problem with that mom character yeah. in a very real way. Because yeah. she's like a suffragette woman pushing for women's rights, 
But the whole joke of that is that she's just terribly inept at everything. Yeah. And has no real substance to her as a woman. Mm-hmm. The only real woman with substance is Mary, and Mary's very much and in she's a traditional... A fairy. Traditional she's a, nanny role. And she's magic. She's and literal she's magic. Literal magic. But, like, there's a scene at the beginning that's very, very funny... And I thought at first, I was like, whoa, this movie's more feminist than I remembered. Yeah. And it's like the song about being a suffragette. And then it's immediately undercut by her getting rid of all of her plans because Mr. Banks is going to be angry. Yeah, I mean... And it stays that way. And it's never, like... It just, like, undercuts women's... The movie's set in, like... 1890 i know so it it makes sense <laughs> no i'm not i'm not saying i'm just saying because we're talking about removed of nostalgia what it yeah, it looks yeah like I mean, in the now day. it is yeah, yeah and now it looks really weird that the movie is just mocking her for wanting rights the whole time what's funny is too because in the beginning she makes a she makes a comment that's like oh you know men we love them but they're all stupid it's and tough. then you're like oh while men are great individually yeah. As a whole, they're dumb. They're dumb, and then and then she has a great song, and then yeah, that's kind of all she's given in terms of that. That well, arc. Literally, but. he sets her in the corner at one point. Yeah. Mr. Banks does, and she's like, "I have all these plans tonight." Um, she just has to like, and there's one scene in particular where she just has to give the kids to somebody to watch them so she can go pursue. Yeah, like which, if you take it at a meta level, is a woman trying to get some kind of agency, but in order to do so, can't fulfill anything in the home yeah. life and it makes her look inept and that's just yeah. how the film treats her it's just that doesn't hold up well that yeah obviously i mean well i mean it's one of those things you know it's just one of those it's like it's one of those it's just that's know, no I'm, I'm not gonna say it ruins the movie for me well no i just it. i just think it makes if if it, it makes sense it, I, exactly it just listen, ma- it's one of those things with like django when people got upset and i was like it's set in that time period like if it wasn't it wouldn't be accurate you well know? Okay, no, it's how the movie handles her. It's not... Okay, so I understand time period-wise what you're saying. Yeah. But it, the movie treats her like she's a Liberty Gibbet as well. Liberty Gibbet. She's not... Like, the movie doesn't treat her like her aspirations have any value. So I'm saying that's at the heart of the movie. And she that's doesn't... The yeah, they don't give her... Which they don't it give her her time. I don't blame... I, I'm not saying it's... I'm just saying it doesn't hold up. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Liberty Gibbets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? So, what's the? What's is that? The worst moment of the movie for you? Uh, it's the most the problematic. Corner? Okay, for sure. I think that is the worst. Movie. I'm not wild about the uh, tea party on the ceiling. Oh, I enjoy not, it. Not, not, not the actual tea party itself. It's Mary takes the kids away and leaves Bert there with the guy, and the table's still on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And then they go downstairs, and uh, Mr. Banks is like, "What are you doing, having a tea party on the ceiling? That's not proper." And <laughs> It just always bothered me because it's like, wait, you're not concerned that there's a magical being who physically has swapped gravity to the ceiling. You're concerned that proper children do not eat, drink tea on the ceiling. They've established Mr. Banks is enough of a jerk at that point. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he wouldn't. It's like you've you've just had your world open to literal magic. Yeah. uh, You're good. It's fine. Whatever. But let's take the kids to the bank now. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go to the bank. Let's go to the bank and sing about investing. That and two. And I've had this. I was reading about this like a few weeks ago, which they're hoping the new Mary Poppins addresses it, which is why if Mary Poppins is this magical fairy lady who can come in and make people's lives better. Why is she helping this little posh British family and not like starving orphans? Like, why? Like, wouldn't this story be so much better if it wasn't just, like, two little spoiled brats? Oh, hear me out. This story would be way better if it was Mary Poppins 
evil warlord in yeah. the south. Like if 100%. she just was like overtaking wicked witch cultures the West kind, kind and like I've always wanted a movie where the woman is just evil and also very powerful and runs the world by the end of it because we yeah. get that. And I think Mary Poppins is a good candidate. She's got she the sass for it. She might. She has the know. she has the lover who like humanizes her. Yeah, love it. I think if she wanted to dominate everyone and rule the world, she very well could. Yeah. Hey Hollywood, remember how I pitch you movies? This is my second pitch of the day. First is Mary Poppins comes and kills everyone. Second is Mary Poppins Warlord. Yeah, I dig. Uh, my pitch is Mary Poppins, but she helps out kids who aren't rich. That's that's a much gentler pitch. Yeah. Which I feel like, so in the new one, obviously it's the same kid. So Michael and, what's her name, Jane? They're all grown up and it's their kids because his Michael's wife has passed away. So now he's being a dick to his kids. So that makes a little more sense because it's like she cares about this family now. And now that his wife has passed away, he's treating his kids poorly. So like it makes sense going forward. But in terms of the original story, it's like if there's really this magical warlock lady... That can just come down Warlock from the sky. Is inherently gendered male. Oh, which Good fairy? One. I think she's I a fairy. Know. I would go with fairy, fairy godmother kind of deal. Let's go with let's go magical with, fairy lady. She's a she's a Poppins. She's a Poppins. So if there's this magical Poppins floating around and she's just she waiting for kids to help, day, is she really gonna help the, the posh kids? Does she need to help? Everybody the posh needs kids? help. Because like yeah, but like in terms of like triage, you help the ones who need it most first. And, like, these kids, their biggest problem is their dad's kind of a dick, but they're super rich. Like, come on. I I just have never really considered that. I feel like it was a weird choice, too, because the kids are such brats. But yeah, at the they same are. time, they don't they, – they learn to be better, which is good, I, and I guess. I mean, I get it, and I get, like, presentationally it makes sense because it's it, – the movie with her, and the original books. to be books, a nanny. Yeah, the books and the movie were literally presented as, like – be a good kid and also be a good dad. Like it was, it was de- definitely like a lesson for for both. Did you ever it, watch Saving Mr. Banks? Love that movie. Yeah, it made me rewatch this movie differently. I think because uh, yeah, I was I like agree. looking for Mr. Banks's arc, and I was like, I still don't think Disney it's still got not it. There, no, I don't think Disney. That movie's understood. fantastic, though. It's such a good movie. It's yeah. such a good movie, and it shot on the Universal lot. It did shoot on the Universal lot in Six Points, Texas. Colin Farrell was classic walking Colin. around. Good old Mr. Fair, Fair. Mr. Good old Fair, Fair. Fair, 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 Fair. Tom Hanks was Walt Disney in that movie. Yeah. And I want a full-length movie where Tom Hanks is Walt Disney. I I also want a movie where Tom Hanks is Walt Disney, but is the opposing warlord against Mary Walt Poppins. Walt Disney was in, in, as in played Secret by Julie was a warlord. Andrews. Okay, I like that. Um, I'm trying to think what the other one I saw the other day pitch was. Brian Cranston in a Stan Lee biopic. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Or like Dustin Hoffman in a Stanley, Kevin Costner. No, no, not no. Kevin Costner. I think Kevin Costner's done. What about Kevin Spacey? No, <laughs> Kevin Spacey is Walt Disney. We don't, we don't do that. How about that? Because then he done. can like open it on the first day. What are you all the kids doing? Are running around. What are you doing, Ryan? I just think it adds this element of darkness. That's terrible. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, final thoughts because uh, there's a new one. There's a new Mary Poppins coming out. Do you think? Do you think? Do you <laughs> think? No, I'm it's just fine. We're not going to be able to recover from that because it's terrible. I'm, I'm thinking of just like the nightmare scenario of them trying to advertise. But you know what's frightening is like Spacey maybe is maybe a year ago he probably could have played Walt Disney. And oh. imagine the horrors that would have happened on that set. Oh my God, that's so oh. sad. Produced. All right, no, we're not going there. All right. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, Mary Poppins, your your final thoughts. Does it hold up? And yes, holds up incredibly well. I think the best scenes are the animated live action scenes. I agree, the crossovers. When they jump like into all the... All of that is such a fun... It's so weightless. When they you jump like into the sidewalk chalk. Movie. I love that. It's beautiful. It's fun. It's so like... It's like otherworldly. It's very almost. creative. It's very imaginative. So cool. Especially if you put yourself in the mindset of like 1964. There's nothing like this. I think it works today too because it's just this kind no, of No, it does. Style. But like just imagine in 1964 sitting down for a movie and then having the characters jump into an animated world. Like Ooh, that's oh, going to blow I your mind. I changed mine. Mine is Step in Time. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Never reason. Never need a reason. Never need a rhyme. Never need a rhyme. Kick your knees up. All right. Um, and you're looking forward to Mary Poppins this time. It's Emily Blunt. I wasn't gonna go see it, and I had no interest because I really. I don't think I said this. I only watched this as a kid. I remembered not liking it. I watched the play. I kind of liked the play. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big musical guy. I just never have been. I've yeah. been trying to develop that. It works sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Okay. But this time I loved it. But you're excited? You're going to see I'm it? Now I'm going to see it. I but think, I, I need to have someone go with me. Taylor? I'll go with you. Do you, hey. think, do you think Lin-Manuel Miranda will be a good friend of Bert? I don't know if it's his son. or It's definitely his predecessor. I was reading predecessor about it. Predecessor is his, his person that came before. He's his, I'm sorry. He's his, he's his apprentice. Okay. That's what it is. He's, he's Bert's apprentice. And his name's like Phil or something. Oh. Frank. Wish it was like Furt. Furt. Mert. Bert Jr. All right. Enough of that? You done with Mary Poppins? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Let's rock and roll. Watch it. Let's Ragnarok Ragnarok. and roll. Let's Ragnarok and roll. On to the next movie. Thor Ragnarok came out in 2017. Which makes it the most recent movie we've done so far. And I think Mary Poppins is the oldest movie we've done. Um, 1964? Oh, I want to watch one from the 20s sometime. I want to do Frankenstein. I, I want to do something Rizal called Rizal. M. We'll get around to it. We're going to. Uh, really Thor cool. Ragnarok came out in 2017, has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, and made $854 million at the box office. Which is deserved, I think. Oh, absolutely. But it's just crazy that the third movie in that fran- that Thor franchise made the most money. Well, no, because the others aren't. Um, the first one. Good. The first one's They're good. They're fine. Mm, I fall asleep The in second it. one sucks. I've never stayed awake the whole time during Thor. I really like the first Thor. This is a, basically a soft reboot. Yeah. Of that franchise That's true. and that character, and it is fantastic. Um, so here, here's the plot line. Um, and can I give it just because I give them real quick? You can do it. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to end up repeating it. Thor Ragnarok <laughs> is basically the god of thunder after many misadventures is trying to stop Asgard, his home, home planet, from getting destroyed. And it doesn't really work. There ends up being the goddess of death coming for them. And he ends up on a planet where he ends he's up attacked. on a planet. So Tell here's the deal. More. Here's the deal. Tell us more about this, this movie's planet. plot. Is very scattershot and nonsensical, and I felt that every time I've watched it. I'm trying to describe it to you <sighs> right know. now. Basically, like if I was to give you the logline, it'd be like Thor tries to stop Armageddon, but the process. But then of realizes this movie, Armageddon has to happen. <laughs> but then realizes it has to happen. Uh, I think but it's the I, process of watching this movie is like. Thor ends up on a planet and has a grand old time and then causes an apocalypse. Thor's dad dies and his magic is the only power keeping his sister locked in hell. And his sister comes back. She wants to rule Asgard. Thor's got to bite. By golly, he's got to take care of that. It's Thor's sister. Yeah. Yeah. 
Did I, did I mispronounce? Did no, I, I think wrong? you implied that Odin had a sister and Odin. No, it is Odin's daughter. It's Odin's firstborn. So technically she's the rightful queen of Asgard. All the while, Loki's been the king of Asgard. That's no good because he's supposed to be dead and he's also a bad guy. He's a quasi bad he's guy. Like an, he's just more You know, I gotta say, like, I love Loki, and I understand why people love him so much, and I love him in this movie, don't get me wrong. I've loved him in all of his performances in this franchise. I watched Avengers 1 again. He's a bad guy. He murders a lot of people in that movie, and he's a cold-hearted bad guy. And then somewhere around, it was Thor 2, Thor the Dark World, that they were like, eh, I'm gonna give him a little soft reboot of that character, because he is a bad guy up until that point. He's a villain. I think he's more emotionally complex than other people. Not, but what I'm saying villains. is not in his first appearance. When he shows up on the scene, he's just killing people he, in cold blood. Yeah, Marvel doesn't have good villains most of the time, and I feel like they. I'd argue they have like gold. four. Yeah, they have Killmonger. Killmonger, Loki, Thanos. Thanos, kind of Ultron for a minute, and then he's. I not just anymore. love that performance. Yeah, that James Spader performance is Ultron. Really it's good. fantastic. Um. um I on it. I like Jeff Bridges in in the Iron first Man. Iron Man. That's what I was thinking. Jedediah. Yeah. Uh, buh, buh, buh. Yeah, I think that's probably it for me. Hmm. I don't like the Ant Man villain. The, uh-uh. the I don't even Watt, remember the Yellow Jacket. I don't like him. Um, that's a problem when I don't remember your Red villain. Skull is like. Oh, he's. It's fun. one of those things. He's like comic accurate, but he's like that sort of. He was fun. Over the top, top comic, accurate, but he's not like. A well-written villain like Killmonger or Thanos. Thanos is a fun villain. Like you just can't like the best villains are the ones you identify with their plan, and you can't identify with just a guy who's a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no. Well, I mean, you shouldn't. You if shouldn't. You do, if you do, like reconsider. Stop maybe? listening to this. You podcast. know what else has been bothering me lately, and this is definitely a tangent. Nazis. I'm really upset that, like, it's not assumed that you're opposed to fascism. And that a whole sect of yeah. people who are, like, violent call themselves anti-fascist. Because I can't say that I'm anti-fascist, which, of course, I'm opposed to yeah. fascism. I'm very clearly anti-fascist, but I'm not. Well, at some point recently, like, basically being a neo-Nazi has been kind of okay for some people. People are just cool with it now. Oh, it's always been okay, just not where you live. Well, now it's okay here. There are so people who are like, So there's a KKK rally that happens occasionally about 30 minutes from my place. And yeah, it's, uh, it's a little tricky there. It used to be so great. It was like Captain America, who's he fighting? The Nazis, because the Nazis That's are the bad clear. guys. Now, Indiana Jones, who's he fighting? The Nazis. Because the Nazis are the I bad guys. I just feel guys. like the lines were clearer, and I, yeah. I missed that. It's like Nazis are bad. We got it. There's a In the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which comes out today, um, there's a, a clip they used on Jimmy Kimmel, and it's of... Nicholas Cage's Spider Noir. Uh-huh. And his comment is, I'm Peter Parker. It's 1923 and I like fighting Nazis. And I was like, yes! Thank yeah, you. There we go. Fighting All right. Nazis. Nazis are the bad guys again. I'm also cool with fighting um like Snakes. Soviet era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also because they were horrible. They killed yeah, a lot of, of people. Like Cold okay War with- Cold War era Russians were always the bad guys. I'm too. okay with these people being villains. I really am. Can we please go back to where Nazis are villains? Yeah, why can't the Nazis just like be honestly, villains? can you imagine what people would have said in like the seventies if you were like, Oh yeah, there's gonna be a Nazi rally in the streets. It would have been and like people are gonna defend it. People are gonna <laughs> people be are like, gonna go no, on the news. Right. People are gonna go on the news and be like, You wanna talk about free speech? <laughs> Yeah. No, I do want to talk about free speech. You're right. You know what? You have the freedom to say whatever you want as long as I have the freedom to acknowledge that you're a terrible person publicly as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you are. You are the villain. Isn't it amazing how quickly we got into Nazis in oh, this review I feel of Thor Ragnarok? strongly about this. No, I agree. It's weird. It's very weird, especially in the media, especially because we're like movies are our, our, our vein for this. It's so interesting to see how, like, for years, like, since World War II, the Nazis were always the bad guys in action movies. And then recently... People are afraid to make Nazis bad guys because they're like, oh, I know. Well, well, you know, they just have a know. they have an alternative view of no, they <laughs> just think they're better than people. They think that they're born better than other people. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not okay. It's not chill. Nazis are not chill. <laughs> it's not okay. Just knock it off. Um, so, so this movie's is really movie. at its core. It's, it's about <laughs> Thor fighting Nazis. It's not at it's all. Not. Um, but it, 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 the slavery is wrong in this movie. They're very clear on that. Oh, because Thor becomes a, yeah, Thor is, Thor is, there is an amazing joke in this movie. Okay, so very briefly, uh, Thor ends up on this junk planet by accident where he has to fight, like, a gladiatorial fight, like, in Gladiator, but it's goofy and there's aliens, and the whole thing is run by this man called the Grand Master, who is Jeff Goldblum, and he's phenomenal, he's just being Jeff Goldblum, but Jeff Goldblum makes a joke, because all the slaves break out. And Topaz, who's his, like, his bodyguard, goes, sir, the slaves have all escaped, and he goes, ah, she's like, what? And he goes, don't, I don't like that word. And he's and like, like, slaves? And no, he goes, she goes, escaped. She goes, <laughs> he escaped? Goes, and he goes, no, why, why would I not like escaped? The, the S word. And she goes, oh, could you just call them something else? Uh, prisoners with jobs? Yep. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's, it's better. I also love Korg, who is one of the slaves, oh. who is so funny, and he's voiced by Taika Waititi, who actually directed, who directs this movie. Um, and it's so funny. He's also a he's brilliant hilarious. actor. Highly recommend, if you haven't seen it, What We, what do, we in do in the Shadows. shadows yeah. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Oh, yeah. It's been in my top ten since I've seen it. He's phenomenal, it and I think this movie works because they, basically, so when they were, when they were doing Thor 3, Marvel was really worried because Thor... The Dark World is their lowest rated movie out of the whole franchise. Um, Taika Waititi came in with uh, that Led Zeppelin song, gave it to them, gave like a short storyboard, and he was like, we just, we go from scratch. They're not gods anymore. They're gods, but they're aliens. It's a bunch of weird space aliens, space aliens on a weird journey. Yeah. And they trusted him, and it worked out. It pays off. This movie's hilarious. It's so funny, and Korg is so funny. Korg has the best line, in my opinion, <laughs> which is... Piss off, ghost. Piss off, ghost. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, my name's Cork. I'm made of rocks. Uh, you have nothing to fear, though, unless, of course, you're made of scissors. Just a little rock, paper, scissors humor. <laughs> this uh. is Meep. <laughs> <laughs> this is Meep. <laughs> he has knives. As you can see, he has knives for hands. Uh, yeah, he said he based that character off of uh, New Zealand bodyguards. <laughs> like bouncers outside yeah. of clubs. He's like, you'll see these like really big guys, but they open their mouth, and it's like, hello, how are you? Uh, really great movie. I think Hemsworth gets his chance to play in this. Oh, he gets to be he's funny. He's a great comedic actor. Um, but in the other two, he had to be Thor. He had to be, be like Thor, weirdly the God of epic, Thunder. which doesn't fit the character either. Even if you like read the comics, it's occasionally epic, but it's typically drawn in with like. In Thor comics, it's very epic. But because in of the scale. other comics, they have to mock how epic it is. Especially when he comes to Earth. And it makes sense now that this is whatever, eight years after Thor went to Earth for the first time or five years or whatever. He is a little off now. His whole world has been sort of shattered. He's mm-hmm. just been bumming around the galaxy looking for Infinity Stones. Um, and yeah, it, it, they give Chris Hemsworth the chance to sort of play, and it works. Yeah, he's and he's very funny. This Okay, so this movie, the other thing... We'll just list characters, because that's kind of how you're going to get the plot on this one. Yeah, basically. basically. 
That's all you can really do. Um, Tessa Thompson plays Valkyrie, who's oh, kind of a new... She's great. And she's incredible in this. She she has like a lot of chemistry with Chris Hemsworth and also is just very funny on her own. But it's great own. because it doesn't factor into the plot in that way. Like no. there's, there's tension, there's romantic tension between them, but they never... No, they're never going to do anything. They don't go into it. it. Because also, I think her character's lesbian. No, she's bi. She's bi. She's bi. But is that one of those things where they just say she is? Yeah, absolutely. So that way they can get the bonus points, brownie points. Queer baiting. Cut it out. um, So, this is a thing that also I feel very strongly about. Thor is ending up being a very wonderful little jumping off point for us, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Thor Ragnarok is one of the movies that does this. There are other countries where even mentions of LGBT folks means that you get an automatic equivalent of an R rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot watch that movie. So what they do is they will have gay things, like gay mentions in movies in the U.S. to appease LGBT folks that aren't overtly offensive, but they're always mentions that can be easily removed. And you can see the movie later elsewhere in another country and the mention is gone, cut out without affecting the plot in any way or really the rhythm of the scene. And so whenever that's happening, they call that queer baiting. It like draws in the queer audience, gets them on your side, but it doesn't once you're an informed queer person... Yeah, do you know the the queen of queer baiting? Who? It's J.K. Rowling. Yeah, that's true. She just keeps tweeting that like Dumbledore's gay and all this stuff, and his previous relationship with Grindelwald, and that they were lovers. And people go into these movies expecting to see that, which would have been incredible. It, which been makes down. sense for the story. Yeah, it does. And they just don't. They, there's no. It's, it's just her because if you ha- if if it's there and it's in another country, they lose the money. It's yeah, a financial. I know decision. Marvel. Marvel had a big thing with that because in Guardians Volume Two, they introduced Mantis who is lesbian and she makes a comment in the movie she goes i don't even like the type of thing oh she goes i don't like you that way i don't even like the type of thing that you are mm-hmm. and that scene was cut out um overseas and it's just interesting that like yeah it's always like that and then um okay the worst example of this i was thinking this a second ago that i've ever seen was it's beauty and the beast the new one oh uh, the, LeFou. yeah lefou is dancing very briefly at and the end yeah they did that on purpose in the way that they did it to where they could remove it and it yeah. still managed to piss off the bible belt somehow it pissed off like americans he just danced with a man i know relax i know it's not like he gave him a blow job like and, i would understand and if he had good for him i mean no because it was a kid's movie i kind of am okay with that boundary <laughs> yeah being no no there. no that's fine that's not the point it's just like this is a movie about a woman who literally falls in love with a dog man. Yeah, I'm cool with like two men dancing. But you're not in cool with two guys dancing. And one really? of them, one of them was like an armchair. He right? was an armchair that like, gets turned. Fine, what I've danced fuck, on a man? chair. I've I've danced with a chair before. I assume. I, I don't know. I'm sure you have. Maybe I have it. I, it sounds like something I've done. Yeah, uh, Thor Ragnarok. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Hemsworth is great. It's hilarious. Uh, Kate Blanchett. That's the last Kate one we need to talk about. She's awesome in everything, but Hella. she's great in this too. Hella. Hello. She's like the goddess of death and is and Thor's sister. very intimidating. Although, okay, so best part of this movie for me is the jokes. The humor is rock solid. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Hulk yeah. is so funny. Oh, I forgot Hulk was the in this. Yeah, he's time. great. He's great. The worst thing about this is it feels like two movies shoved together. I was going to say that. The worst part of this movie for me is the it, the flow. It feels very choppy because when they go back to Asgard and they'll cut to a hella scene, it feels like Thor 1. Yeah. And then they'll cut back to, uh, uh, I forget what the name of the planet is. Sakaar. Um, Sakaar. And it, 
it's back to the funny, goofy, everything's bright colored. And then it almost looks like it was shot on a different camera. Yeah, it They'll does. They'll cut back to Asgard and it's this huge widescreen. Everything's well, the, gold and it's beautiful. But The ending plays well. It's just the problem is that you feel like you're watching one movie and it's them trying to like stop the apocalypse. Yeah. And then you feel like you're watching another movie, which is a road movie where they pick up the Hulk and have to escape. Yeah. And either movie would have been good. I think the road trip movie would have been the better movie. Yeah. But the fact that they're spliced together kind of ruins both of them just a little bit. There are two or three edits or cuts where they go back to Asgard that I, the first time I watched it, I remember feeling like, okay, this is choppy. Yeah. But it's all good. I know. No, I I complain about this with the knowledge that this is maybe one of my two favorite Marvel movies. It's one of the best. It's so good. It's It's so funny. So funny. And even when they do take a beat, like a serious beat, it's awesome. Yeah. When, you know, because Thor's dad died, Odin dies, and when he has his flashbacks, and, like, you genuinely, like, Hemsworth gives a good dramatic performance as well. Absolutely. I think, I think this movie plays well on almost all counts. And the relationship between Thor and Loki falling over, like, crumbling, like, especially that scene in the elevator, is fantastic. Uh, And you really feel, like, the sense of, like, these two brothers who are just drifting apart. Yeah. Um, And I think, I think the ending plays well, even though it's kind of weirdly spliced. It's just a setup for, it's just (laughs) a setup for infinity war, which then, (sighs) which then they murdered. It's it's fine. It's fine. I don't know. It's okay. Valkyrie, they confirmed Valkyrie is still alive. And I'm down for Valkyrie to still be alive. Valkyrie's going to, and Korg is still alive. And Korg. I'm down for Valkyrie. I'm sure they're going to be, they're going to be in Avengers 4. They're going to come back. I'm down for more of that. It's a fun movie. I think. It's super fun. With superhero movies, you can do them like a few different ways, and this is maybe the ideal form of just the fun version. Yeah, uh, and ninety percent or eighty-five percent of this is improv. A um, lot of it's improvised. Yeah, I think he said eighty-five percent. They they just except for the dramatic beats where things like needed to push the plot forward, uh, he just let them run. He was yeah. like, "You need to get from here to here," and that's where all that all those jokes came from. Those like fantastic bits. Um, yeah, it's so fun. It's great. So, how did you feel about it when you first saw it? How do you feel about it now? The first time I saw it, I liked it okay. This time, I loved it more. I was just very happy. I laughed out loud at the piss off ghost line. Piss off ghost. Yeah, I loved it the first time. I, I just it keeps getting better every time I watch it because I just it's so funny. It's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, I would go check it out. Um, Ryan, yeah. final thoughts on Mary Poppins, the original, and Thor Ragnarok, the third. You know what? They're both worth seeing. I would say. I would say different. Well, you're very different. But both very funny and very clever and actually yeah. surprisingly heartfelt on both counts. They I would have s- more similarities than I you would initially yeah. think. I'd say always analyze the things you're watching because ideas that held up back then don't always hold up now with Mary Poppins. But Yeah. Um, I would say these are both movies that if you haven't seen, you should go out of your way to watch them. Yeah. For sure. I Take think time. Netflix, Thor's on Netflix. Mary Poppins, I'm sure you'll be able to find it somewhere because the new one's coming out. So. Just, just, just feed the birds. Just feed the birds. Top the birds are you. The birds are you. Feed them. You are the birds. With All hands. right, Rye. Uh, you are the birds. You want to send us an email? Children. Do it. You know where to do it. Movies you select at gmail.com. And Thanks, we'll guys. See you. Bye. I, I love you. I don't.